Welcome to the Roadie Friday Podcast with your hosts, Darren Makins and Jose Escudero. Wait, wait, you, you, you have to check how you pronounce your own last name. I don't say it very often. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like I never say my own last name, so it just it sounds weird when I say my own last name. Makins. Right? Makins. Hey, Jose, Jose, do you say your last name a lot? Yeah, and I spell it out a lot too. <laughs> well, so what's what's funny is actually like when when I sent out the RSS feed for the for the podcast for Sarah to do the voiceover, I had to send her the like phonetic spelling of your last nice. name so she would pronounce it correctly. And yeah. and I forgot that I spelled it out phonetically. So and so when I sent out the RSS feed, the incorrect spelling of your name was everywhere. And my girlfriend was actually oh, no. she was the one that actually pointed it out. She was like, "You know you spelled his last name wrong, right?" And I'm like, "Fuck, dude." So I had to like go and like change it everywhere. But anyways, we have the wonderful and talented Francesca Ludicar on, also known in the world as Frankie, but Francesca, how are you? I'm very good. Yeah. I'm uh, excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me on, guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's great having you on. Oh, and hi, Jose. How are you? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, Darren. If it feels like this feels like a tour, re- like family like a little reunion. reunion. I know. Like it's virtual. <laughs> but I, I mean, every well, yeah. Ever since COVID, everything's like been semi virtual, but like at the same time, like we're back to normal, but like almost not really, but kind of, but yes. It's weird. True. It's very true. So, Francesca, would you like to, to uh, talk about like how you got your start in your profession? Long story short is I uh, I originally started in graphic design. I was one of those uh, I was one of those kids that messed around a lot with Photoshop when I was in high school, and uh, I became very good at it. So I went to college, uh, got a degree. A degree or no, a diploma. Um, I still call it a degree. And, uh, is it? Yeah, I guess so. Um, and then I went went full time into that, but still uh, freelance is my own business. And I always worked alongside the music industry. And then from there, I developed a love for photography. I went to a lot of concerts and I started seeing just how awesome like a lot of other photographers in the scene uh what they were doing and how they were getting like the energy and the moments of a cool show and i would go back and i would look at you know you know what it's like when you're at a concert and you have all these amazing you had such a good night and you're like i want to see like how that all yeah. went so you go you look up right. the photographers and i used to do that all the time so i started pulling my own camera out to shows and slowly over the years getting more and more into it and uh i guess now i go out on the road for it when exactly did you realize that this is something that you could like spring into and do full time you know it, it's funny like there was it was a couple years ago i was at uh at my sister-in-law's house and she had a whole book of photography um out on a shelf and i pulled it out and i looked at it and i looked at all these people's just works i think it was it was a vanity fair book and i went wait a minute hmm. people do this for a living like they get they get paid to do this hell yeah <laughs> and i got more and more into that as photography and then the 
it, it then started branching off into into live photography. And then with the growing world of social media and Instagram, because I never was sure that like live photography before was going to be like a very serious career path. But then just because social media is so important and uh, it has just grown and grown and grown. I realized that there were a lot of people who were becoming these like pioneers in in touring and becoming photographers out on the road. So I took the leap and uh, tried to get into it. I guess it worked. <laughs> yeah, it's looking good because like everything everyone sees of Nonpoint is is you. <laughs> really? Like you, you, I mean, as far as I know, <laughs> like I like their their whole like online persona, what they look like online is is all like it's all your you know, style. I mean, I'm sure you know they they have their input, but you you're the one who makes it happen, which is yeah, pretty dang cool. I appreciate that. I mean, it, it's funny because Nonpoint. Um, I met them when I was out on tour with a band called Sumo Psycho and the singer from that band, her and I go way back. She was my neighbor growing up down the street and I worked with her band uh, around Toronto, which is where I'm from, photographing all their live shows and building up their visuals and their imagery over many years. And then when they got the tour opportunity with Nonpoint, they took me out as their content creator. And it was an interesting experience on my first tour because no one knew what I did. (laughs) (laughs) And for Sumo Psycho, they were the first band of all the bands on that tour. It was was Sumo Psycho and then it was Islander, uh, Butcher Babies and Nonpoint. Butcher Babies and Nonpoint were co-headlining. And Sumo didn't have any other crew members. They didn't have other uh, any sound person or like a merch person, but they brought me. And this was a couple years back and it was when social media content creators were starting to come in, but it wasn't fully like in there yet. And so I remember like people just kind of being like, why would they bring a content creator out before all these other things? Yeah. And it was funny, like the, and uh, you know, the non-point guys will fully admit it. I joke about it with them all the time. But, you know, they were like, I don't, they, they, they didn't quite get it. And then by the end of the tour, they were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were like, oh, like they understood it. Like just like how many pictures we were posting every day, promoting the tour, just constantly there. And, you know, it made the guys in, in Nonpoint ask me to come out on their next run. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those situations where you, you more or less proved your worth to to the 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 bands that you're touring with yeah i mean you have to think for bands too like for a band like nonpoint you know they're just celebrated their 25th anniversary this year for so much of their career they never had to have a content creator right you know so for them it's it's been a newer thing and i'm starting to see it that even those those bands are starting to bring them out like i mean Wombat's out with Mudvayne every time now I see, you know. Yeah, and uh, another one, uh, James Hartley always like goes out with the day to remember. Yeah. Uh, it's just like more and more common. Like I remember like right before COVID, it was almost easier to get work as a content creator than it was to, as a guitar tech because <laughs> uh, with with like bands budgets like and like how much crew they can afford to take on the road, like they were like, well, 
we're getting the content creator because they're the ones who are going to make us look good online. And the guitar tech's just there for the show, you know, like it'll, they'll make the, we'll make the gear work. But if, if it comes to paying for one or the other, uh, the content creator oh, yeah. like, but it's, has it, so much value. It's funny though, because for like a band, like you guys are just so pinnacle to them, right? Like, I mean, even I've had it. I was photographing uh, a, a stadium show a couple months back, and I had a whole list of uh, rules sent to me about what I could and couldn't do for the show. I won't say what band it is, but they said they uh, they had all these rules, and no joke, five out of like eight of their bullet points was do not get in between the eye contact of the techs and the band. No, that makes you know? that makes sense. Because yeah. Yeah, because that I mean that they help make the show happen yeah. and go on, right? Yeah. So Yeah, I guess like I'm also coming from like the standpoint like uh you know, it depends on budget wise, like bigger bands that have bigger budgets for bring all the crew people they have, but yeah. When it comes to like having to pick and choose who you bring on, there there was a point where like content creators were just like so much more valuable to a band. I mean yeah. Than, than a tech. I argue the point that there's really only two profitable members of the crew, and that is the content creator and the merchandise manager. They're the they're the two that they either bring in traffic or actual physical money. Uh, us, yeah, us, they get they get the rest of us paid. Yeah, <laughs> us uh, like us guitar techs. Like we're we're just essentially just there to hang out and do our jobs all day, but we're not actually creating revenue for any of the artists well that that was actually like part of my pitch when i tried to get into touring when i was with my friends sumo psycho and they were going out on on they got the tour i put together a presentation about how i would make the money by them investing and bringing me out and then they they took the chance and took me out um but that that was the thing i was like trying to give them that value of marketing dollars and all that stuff but i was also like you realize content you can actually sell it like not only is there with youtube you know there's um adsense money on any youtube video you upload uh you know even instagram does that you get real payouts now um tiktok all that stuff but like i mean you guys have been out on the road i sell the picture at the end of the night (laughs) yeah you know yeah trying to actually make it a product that's like here take it and and it's not only that but there's 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 so many possibilities it could be like creating extra content for a patreon or some kind of subscription service yeah. you know just it this is this is all in my opinion positive cash flow and you know you're not going to get that from a drum tech like yeah <laughs> Well, and then on the flip side of it, it is one of those things now that if bands don't invest in content creators because there's so much noise online with people just constantly trying to promote their stuff, if you aren't on top of it and able to compete with it, then it's also going to harm your business in this day and age than anything else too. So yeah, yeah, and with uh, with that in mind, what does like your like day to day workflow? look like to like keep up with that fine jose i'll cross out out my question yeah when you're on the road (laughs) yeah um well usually it starts with unloading all my memory cards (laughs) um and especially like nowadays i am carrying like 360 cameras uh cameras i can attach to guitars um and then like my bigger one so like i it takes me an hour just to unload and copy all that stuff off and then i go through 
uh prioritizing now video because tiktok and all that is the is the biggest trend at the moment so i'll go through all the footage of the previous night and then kind of try and trim out the fat and then i'll send the guys either like quick clips or i'll like kind of this is like getting me getting nerdy but like i'll put a folder together of all the like clips to cut into a montage later on and kind of create a library where it's like oh that headbang was really cool uh, might not be cool as a post on its own, but it would be cool as like a cut up piece. So like the first few hours is me organizing everything I have and then labeling it so it doesn't get lost because every day after you do it on the road for a month, if you are not organized, you will lose track of all your stuff very quickly because it's a lot of files. So that's the first part of it. And then usually by that point, sound check and stuff has started. So then I get pulled away. Yeah. <laughs> And have to film the guys doing that and taking part in all that. And then there's like VIP and all that stuff that happens. So that kind of like disrupts the flow. And then and then usually I'll get back to it and then edit any photos or any remaining videos until basically the guys are getting ready to go on stage. And then I'll start filming that stuff. And then that's my day. So kind of to piggyback on that, part of this podcast is it's about posing a lot of these to the layman who might not understand what your day-to-day may look like. But what are some aspects of the job that somebody who is the casual concert goer might not know about? I mean, there's things that like I look for that I realize even like no one's aware I'm looking at. Like I'll go into a room and like I'll have talked with the guys about like certain videos we should try and go for that day. Like if I'm going to attach a a camera to Rashid's guitar or, or like anything like that, I'll look at the room. I'll look at the lighting. I'll look how dark the room is and I'll make a decision on whether or not that concept is even worth going for today. Yeah. (laughs) Because if the lighting is like, if it's a darker room and a camera that's this big, isn't going to handle it. I'll just like scrap the concept until I know like, the next room or the next venue is going to be better. So there's things like that that I make a decision on every day that I don't think people even realize I'm thinking about. But then I guess even just things like, I don't know, there's things that like people that I never think about. Um, When I sneak into the stage to get kind of like some quick photos and then I try and get in and out, I don't realize sometimes like how many people will like tag me later and be like, oh, so cool. I saw you do that. (laughs) I was like, you're not supposed to look at me. (laughs) I'm not a part of the show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hashtag spot the friend. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i'm sure you guys have that too right it's like you quickly had to run out because something was was going and people are like oh i saw jose yeah (laughs) also also like also like when you run out i have to like hit you with pics (laughs) so like i i keep an eye out for that (laughs) you've had moments like i couldn't believe it jose like i know especially you'll try and get me when i'm doing the crowd shot at the end (laughs) like i've had moments where i'm like literally standing there everyone at that point, I know is looking at me. And then, and you're, yeah. You're, and I feel like just flick. zooming. But, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I try to run in and out as quick as I possible. And I, I try not to be a part of the show. Uh, I, the last tour that I worked, um, there's there's one moment where I actually was kind of required to be a part of the show. And it was when our drummer, Patrick, completely lost his in-ears. So I did... 
Oh, I saw it. Didn't you have to like beat I, 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 it for him or something? I, I did the thing where I ran up and like tapped the back of his leg because I still had mine, and it was one of the scariest yeah. moments of my fucking life. That's <laughs> insane. I don't think anything I could do on the road would be as stressful as something like that. It, it was <laughs> so props to you, Darren. Uh, well, thank you, but like it was just it was like I had no choice. It's like all right, it's go time. We got to go do this, and yeah. it was like yeah, it was it was it was. It was unreal, but uh, all in all, the show ended up great. And- well, that's the thing, because there's, I'm, and I'm sure you guys feel it, because I mean, you guys are responsible for the show being on. There's that adrenaline when something's happening that you're yeah. like, oh no. Oh, that gives me my <laughs> dopamine rush. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't ever really like th- even think about it. It's just like, oh, like you just go into that mode where you, all you think about is what's happening and what what needs to be done for it to. <laughs> just to get the show to continue yeah and everything just kind of happens and then <laughs> once you get off and then you like you realize you've been holding your breath the entire time and and you've been like grinding your teeth <laughs> and, you're like, and hearts it, pounding yeah. on your chest and you're having a panic yeah, attack exactly. you're like oh that was intense you just yeah you, you, start, you start like, feeling yeah, lightheaded and then you just like <laughs> yeah and then you're like oh, okay yeah so that happened <laughs> i forgot how to breathe <laughs> i mean that's that's just such a stressful thing about the job it's like i mean i always feel like anything i i do it, it, as much as i feel my job matters at the end of the day if like i miss something it's not the end of the world for me where i'm like it would be the end of the world for you guys oh yeah, and yeah. i think it would feel like yeah it. <laughs> you, you get that greyhound bus ticket <laughs> oh. um, so yeah like do you, uh so you said uh a little bit earlier that like you'll go in and you'll talk to the guys before a show um you know mm-hmm. I- especially like planning out like oh i'm going to clip i'm going to clip a camera to your guitar head today um are that do you go in and like maybe suggest performance things that they that they do to get different shots or i i guess another way is like do you suggest poses like do you prefer poses or do you prefer them to just do their thing and you capture the moment when it comes to their live show, and I mean, it's, I'm I'm lucky because like Dom Point is a phenomenal live band. They look really good like, on stage are, too. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're definitely one of the best out there. They're, they're such a high, like just so highly talented that it, like for me to suggest something, like I don't feel I need to because they just they're moving crazy anyway. They're always doing something interesting and entertaining anyway. So that is very lucky, and. And I'm lucky in the sense, too, like, they also, when I do strap, like, a camera to their guitar, like, they're pros, they know, like, I'm filming something for them to do, so they just will play to it. So I don't really have to kind of, like, coach them in any way in that way. They're they're awesome. Like, I was impressed. I, I, there's a lyric video on YouTube that I did for uh, Nonpoint's Paper Tigers, and I attached uh, my camera to uh, Elias's mic stand, and... I'm impressed that he kept the camera on him the whole song, but yet still like completely naturally played to the crowd the whole time he was doing it. And he's just aware of it and he knows to angle it. So he, no matter which way he twisted the mic stand, he angled it and he thinks about all that stuff. I don't have to tell him, you know, and he helped get it where, yeah, if, if I wasn't so lucky that I might have to do that in a few more takes. Yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was about to ask, like, were there ever any situations where you're like, you're working for a band and it's just as dull as hell. And you're just like, come on guys, you got to give me something to work with. 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, every artist has kind of their own signature thing. And you learn, like I photographed uh, a show last month um, with uh, Chantal Kreviazic and Rain Maida, two uh, big Canadian artists up there, but up here but their their show is was them sitting at a piano and s- sitting with their guitar the whole set so they never moved they never changed and you start to look for other things like i was looking for their banter between each other because they were uh, a married couple so they'd kind of like twist each other's arms and make the other one squirm so then you start to look for those things and like kind of get that lens to like get the facial expressions of like reacting to that you know so it just becomes a different kind of show but you still like kind of just focus on who you're who you're photographing oh yeah okay yeah no i guess, I guess so, yeah I guess most artists like when whenever you come in they've already kind of been doing their thing so i guess you it's you're the professional you're the one who like adjusts to what they're doing instead of like the other way around most of the time yeah, because I mean it's it's their show, and at the end of the day, my job is there to to capture it, to yeah. capture their show, what people are going to see and want to see, right? So, so I mean, if I suggested something that was completely out of character, they'd just probably look at me like, "What the hell, anyway?" <laughs> right. <laughs> And they'll be like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) I mean, I did a few years ago and I always laugh about it because BC was uh, a team player because he he was the lead guitarist in Nonpoint a few years back. And I asked him on when they were playing Wisconsin, which Wisconsin loves Nonpoint. So the crowds are always very hyped. I asked him to crowd surf with his guitar for me. And like that is something he would never have done if I didn't ask him to do it. But I got some great photos. <laughs> nice. That's rad. I don't. I don't ever get to like uh, w- when I'm working. I'm kind of stuck in my own lane, and I don't really like get to notice any of the equipment that anybody else is working with. But like, what are some of the essentials that you that you found uh, over your years of working on the road that is like, oh, I got to bring this. Like, this is this is a must. This is something that I have to have to bring. I mean, it's always changing, but. Um you have to have a good camera, um, especially in in concert photography. I know people are always like, oh, it's 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 not the camera. It's the person who uses it. And that is true. There are people who have amazing cameras who don't know who don't get great photos. Right. Um, but in live music photography, live music photography is probably one of if not the hardest uh kind of event photography you can do it's harder than weddings it's harder than i the only thing i'd say is probably as hard as like either sports or like race car uh, drivers cuz but the thing with concert photography is you have moving subjects in usually a dark room and the light is always changing and photography is always about light and subject and and motion. So if you don't have a camera that can kind of handle that environment um, on its own, like you will struggle a bit. So I I always invest a little bit there. And then it's important to have have a variety of lenses, because even if you're not photographing the band for the band, like I often do, but you're photographing for press or publication, they will tell you where to be in the venue you won't get free reign of where you want to go and you will get told where to be so you have to make sure that you're adaptable and that you can bring stuff that is going to help you get the shot no matter where they're 
where they're putting you. That's all really important. But I mean, in the past year, I added 360 cameras to my arsenal and I don't think I could do a tour now without those. Yeah, all those shots <laughs> they, look great. Thank you. Like it's one of those things because like because content is so competitive, like I'm and I'm sure you guys know it. It's like people are after drones, like people will go crazy and get a drone shot. There was that one that went viral of uh spirit box at a festival where they had like a drone going over the uh mosh pit and then it went over to the stage and it like weaved in and out and like that's what every band is kind of trying to strive for is like a viral video of their performance um those kind of uh tools help but i've always found like drones and stuff a little hard to bring on the road you need a license some places don't allow it and then you know i i feel like they're fragile yeah <laughs> try bringing that in a suitcase I, yeah i brought a drone on one tour and i never flew it <laughs> right <laughs> but that's the yeah. thing like it, it's a fun thing so i found those 360 cameras um replace a drone they remove the selfie stick in just the way the camera is built so everything always looks like it's floating and flying and because it's 360 you shoot and then you can choose how it frames afterwards so your versatility in capturing things is just there so it's a it's a must now in my in my book that's cool yeah i guess like sometimes like drones make cool shots for but yeah sometimes uh more trouble than they're worth i guess yeah like uh yeah because like you know it's not like it would be an issue in a concert but there's like there's so many rules when it comes to a drone and like technically i have a pilot's license but it's literally like a five dollar license that you sign up for online and you just basically agree to the rules like you can't fly it above 400 feet and then like even then like uh, uh part of that tour went that i brought it on went into canada and so i was like uh like i was i was a little concerned yeah. about like is this legal and my license like does my license work in canada and so we uh on that tour we dropped off merchandise uh at the machine shop and just let them hold on to it because of the tax situation that bands encounter bringing merch into canada and i was like you know what i'm just gonna leave my drone here uh, cause I'm not, I'm not even going to mess with it. Like, I don't want, I don't want a border mm-hmm. patrol agent getting on the bus and being like, what's this? And then I'm out of drone. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, drones, like I, I found that too. There's just a lot of red tape around it. And I, and I always hear people who do it. They're always just like, oh, you can kind of see what happens. And I'm like, well, when you, when you're in the line of work that we are in where it's crowd, I'm like, if, if anything happened to like, if it did drop on someone or anything, I'm like, it's just not. I don't know. For me, it's not worth it. So I'll figure out other ways. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, there's a, I mean, it's just always crazy because these things are always uh, just technology is always advancing too on all these things. Like even I'm impressed with the, with the camera that I stick on guitars. I'm like, GoPros are so big in comparison to it. And I'm just like, they can make them this small and it it does that. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So it's important to stay up on it. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's the same with any field now. It's the same with you us. have to just kind of. Yeah. When, yeah. When, whenever, whenever uh, a company drops a new uh, amp modeler or something, and I, I, I know for a fact, like whenever I see it, I'm, I'm on YouTube, like looking up videos on like any, anytime a new product drops, I'm like, consider me unavailable for the next two hours. I'm going to be on YouTube learning everything I can about this. Yeah. Cause I mean, even I'm sure for you guys, like Kempers and stuff too, right? Like 
that yeah. probably wasn't a norm. I mean, this is me showing what I know about what you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I opened the show fully admitting I know nothing about your world. So this is why it's a great conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like these things, I know Kempers have have taken over. Um, and I'm sure for a lot of people that was that was an interesting change too. Yeah, trend, like an inter- transition. Yeah, like uh, it's like also like changing from PC to Mac, like Kemper to AxeFX to Neural DSP Quad Cortex to you know, uh, to just like real amps. And then the real amps, they they all have their particularities. Like like some of like if you have to change tubes and you have to bias the tubes, it's all you know every yeah. every it's all different. There's so many like nuances to everything too that I've learned about what you guys do that I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, for example, like uh, I-, I filled in for Jose on the, on the seven dust gig and those guys were running Kempers. I'm used to running, Kem- I'm used to Kempers. The next gig that I worked was I did a one-off with filter. Those guys all used uh, helixes. And so, you know, it, 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 every, every, di- every band has a different setup because a couple weeks after that, I was working for Ice Nine Kills, and they all used Axe Effects. And even then, the one guitar player used an Axe Effects Two, and the other guitar player used an Axe Effects Three. And both of those are miles apart in regard because, like, the Axe Effects Two looks like the, the interface looks like it was built in the eighties, whereas an Axe Effects Three, yeah. like, it's it's much more sleek and it's a lot it's it, it's a lot more of a of a uh, of a smoother operating system, yeah. I guess I would say. Yeah, and they were released like several years apart. Like, it's not like a lot of other stuff that you know. There's a new iPhone every fucking two months, right. so <laughs> there, there's not like huge differences between one and the other. But yeah, these things, like, there hasn't even the the Kempers. Like, there hasn't been like all the Kempers still kind of do the same thing. There's like the ones with the power amp or without and the floor model. There hasn't been like a new Kemper that you just have to like learn all the way through. Well, I mean, this is like what's crazy, too, is like these things are just you have to stay adaptable, I think, in these industries to just kind of keep up or fall behind. Keep basically. (laughs) I mean, and it's just even like it's not the same for me, but like it is the same. Like I even just have to keep up with social media trends. Um, Yeah, yeah, there's no way I can do that with all the algorithms changing constantly. And there's no playbook. No, I was like, I, I'll be honest. Like I was frustrated earlier this year because like I had just felt like I'd fine tuned the algorithm and I like knew what worked and what didn't work. And then things that worked really well just two months before on tour weren't working. And then I was like told like, oh, you need to learn this and do this instead. And I'm just like, I'm like, and there, and like, there was a whole thing too, like that photography was dying because of TikTok. And I was like, what? I can't say photography is dead. And now it's all about video format and uh, video content um, and having to adapt and, and adapt to quick 10 second clips. But it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because everything goes in trends. I'm like, that's the big trend now, but I'm like, give it another year. <laughs> We'll yeah, not even a year. We'll Next see where week. it's at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. So, what are some things about the processes? And, and I don't want you to give away your secret sauce. You know, I, w- I want your I want your job to be safe. But like, what are some things that advice that you would give that would 
make you separate yourself from other photographers because I, I get approached all the time and I say like I hear people say like oh I would love for a band to take me out on tour oh I want to be a concert like a tour photographer so badly and so I know that the competition is very stiff um, mm-hmm. but like what what are some of the ways that somebody could theoretically set themselves apart I mean, I, I appreciate not giving away my, my secret sauce, but I, I have actually like no, no problems with, with saying this because it really comes down to practice. Um, for me, what, what helped separate me was a lot of music photographers, when they get into the gig, they want to know how to photograph their favorite band right away. And they want to go to and apply for like an arena show or something like that and and get that access and photograph it. And I always say, if you want to separate yourself, go and photograph the small band at the bar down the street. Because if you can learn how to photograph that, make them look like rock stars, then you will stand out when you do get that arena show. That's solid advice. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of like in our world, you know, people say like, uh, how do you get on tour with bands being a guitar tech or a drum tech and whatever? It's like, well, it's, it's not that e- like, it's not that simple. Most of it's, most of it's who, you know, most of it's your connections. A lot of it is, you know, your skill set, how easy you are to live with, but it's also like getting to learn the basics first. So, you know, working at there's even occasionally I will still I don't, I don't put it all on socials a lot but I there's still times down here where I'm working as a stagehand I'm helping unload trailers like you know fuck it why not I'm bored I'll make a hundred bucks tonight like you know whatever yeah I mean you gotta you gotta walk not run <laughs> yeah exactly like <laughs> and everyone everyone wants that you know they want they want to go work for their favorite band that's part of the appeal of the music industry I think so you know yeah you You'll uh, find the people that are also really into it really quickly, like who really care about their job and their craft when they're the ones taking their time, you know, and 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 being humble, like you're saying, Darren, too. And like, you know, understanding that every job matters and having to put that care into it. Exactly. What's some advice that you could give to somebody to get a good uh, shot on just an iPhone? Ooh. Ooh, that is a tough one. I mean, have you ever seen me at VIPs? Like when people pass me their phone and they're like, hey, can you take a picture? And I'm just like, (laughs) 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 what do I do with this? Um, I mean, to get a good shot on an iPhone, it's understanding that lighting is everything. And that goes across photography in, a- in every format of cameras. So if you're taking pictures of someone in the dark, the camera's going to be pushed to its limits and it's not going to look as good. So if you're looking to take pictures with your friends or something like that, look where in the room there's a light and then make sure that light is facing down at you and not behind you, but in front of you. And then take the picture. Um, And that goes too with like understanding the setting. So like if you're actually trying to take like nice photography out of uh, an iPhone, I would focus on going like outdoors. Like you probably get, I mean, like phone photography has gotten insane. Like some of the settings and how they can detect like the focal length. So it blurs the background all nicely and all that stuff like pro cameras do like they do that all really well. And again, I think that stuff just is going to perform better outside something well lit. So then you can kind of frame your shot nicely and take some gorgeous photos even on a, on an iPhone. Hell yeah. So, uh, 
you've said the term lighting several times and me knowing absolutely nothing about photography. uh, It's starting to sink in that the most important thing is your lighting. Would that be safe to assume? Mm -hmm. It is. It is. It's more important than than knowing your camera in some ways. Like if you know how lighting affects a subject, your pictures will turn out. I mean, that said, they can't be overexposed or or anything like that, but um, you'll take way better pictures if you understand lighting. And that's why even bands ask me sometimes, like they'll they'll even have me talk to the, like the lighting directors. Even I saw when we were at with Varsity, um, you know, uh, Sarah went and did that all the time. She would talk to the whoever was doing lights because it affected her job. Um, and, you know, she wanted to make sure that it was going to work as much in her interest as possible. So what's what's the future looking like? Uh, are you are you heading out with the uh, are you heading out with the dudes again? Or are you just going to kind of keep doing the thing? Well, I'm going to be going out on the March tour. Hell yeah. That's going to be a, a fun one because Sumo Psycho is on that one. Yeah, too, right? I did notice it that is. as well. So you, you, you double dipping? You got all the homies. Uh, not double dipping, but it's family. It's definitely going to be family. And I mean, I'll double dip because if freaking Sky's on stage, I'm not going to not take her picture. <laughs> <laughs> so I will I will double dip, but they, they also bring out their own content creator, which will be exciting because, you know, it means I have someone to talk gear with Finally. <laughs> when yeah. I'm out there. Cause you guys, you guys always all have someone to talk gear with to like kind of like talk with the other crews, and I come in sometimes, and I'm just like, is there anyone with a camera in here? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, okay. the gear talk. Yeah, the gear talk's usually like, well, yeah, with with the band themselves, because you know we're we're working like it's all guitar talk. But, oh but yeah, no, like, it, yeah. it helps break the ice a lot, and then there's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, that'll be a good tour and uh, it's going to be exciting because we're doing like this whole Wizard of Oz immersive experience Um, and it's we're definitely like upping the production and like I'm doing like all these crazy art pieces that are going to be like featured throughout the show and and all this stuff. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's cool. I wonder... I wonder if we'll like overlap in like some city because I'll be I'll be on tour in March too. Because uh, you're going out. Is it at the Alter Bridge? Yeah, I'll be out with Alter Bridge. Yeah, because I'd, yeah, I'd love to see that. <laughs> like all yeah. the all the new production. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Well, that'd be rad if, if you guys you could are, link up. Tell us, and you know, we'll, we'll make a whole Brody Friday out of Brody it. Brody Friday. <laughs> this part of the conversation stays on the bus. Now back to the show. Obviously, all of this shop talk will be cut out because like the, the, the point of this podcast is to obviously tell people about our world. But there's also some stuff that kind of stays behind the curtain. Yeah, it has to it has to stay in our world. Yeah. I know I was going to say, because when you were asking, what am I doing next? I was going to say, like, what's really happening? But then I was like, oh, no, I, just I whatever is already announced. <laughs> what's already announced. But I was going to say because I'm supposed to do Shiprock this year. And Jose, my shiprocked curse is coming back around. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Damn. It's looking, like, it's looking like I'm not going to be able to make it. That sucks. <laughs> wait, wait, for the same reason? Uh, no, this time it's uh, my uh, my visa. work visa. Yeah. yeah, that's a bummer. That sucks. It's all the country politics. <laughs> Even for me, like all the visa things. Like I was talking with one of my uh, 
friends, he's a Canadian border patrol officer. And I was telling him like all the hoops that I have to go through. And he was like, really? He was like, we don't have those kind of hoops. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> because when Americans come to uh, come across the Canadian border with a tour bus, they don't require a visa. But when it's the other way around, we do. That's so. that's actually something that we could dig into a little bit. So uh, Francesca, uh, I'm not sure yeah. how, how familiar the listeners are with you and your work. I hope they are because it's it's fantastic work but you're a canadian a a proud canadian yes and part of part of your gig essentially is obtaining the legal rights i guess is the word to work inside the u.s so i'm sure that it's i'm sure that it's hair pulling at times and i'm sure that it's incredibly frustrating but you know what uh, just just kind of walk us through that like what what exactly is the the visa process like or you know, is it, it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. It's a lot of paperwork, but really, it's also you have to get a lawyer involved. So you have to have people who really know the system. In my situation, it's interesting because, like, I have a, a U.S. work visa to work with an American band, but for a lot of Canadians, uh, they'll work for Canadian bands, so then they can get added on to the Canadian visas that the band gets to go work in the U.S., and then they can kind of like be part of the crew on that visa. Um, but for me, it's been uh, more tricky, and it is more tricky being a Canadian working for an American band. Basically. I have to go for this visa that uh, says that I have an extraordinary ability in what I do. Um, and it's about yeah. showing. What? Yeah, it's called the extraordinary ability in the arts visa. It's the O-1B. And you have to prove that what you do is is of in- incredible talent, basically, that I am not taking away work from an American photographer that what I contribute and what I do is a, uh, okay. is above average. Um, yeah. So they're afraid of you coming in and taking their jabs. <laughs> basically that's, that's what it's all about is that I have to, so they, they're protecting American citizens. So they have to know that I am contributing that's, more than taking away. That's so funny. Like someone sits there and says like, eh, anybody can do this. No, you can't come in. Yeah. <laughs> so it has to be extraordinary. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> and I have to prove it um, with awards um, and I have to prove it with letters uh, from colleagues. I have to prove that my work has been used internationally, nationally in press, all these things. It's the same visa that like actors go for when they're working in movies. Um, so like I'm, I, it's the same thing. So like I had to, like I I've, I've been lucky like not everyone can get it. I have had opportunities like cuz I've done work with bands like Sum 41 here in Canada. My work my photos are in their album packaging which got nominated for awards. So all that stuff I can use in my visa um and put towards my case um where I, there's a lot of people who haven't had that. So in order to work internationally, you have to dominate in your home in your home country to basically prove that you are able to work elsewhere, at least for the U S that is wild. Yeah. <laughs> I knew, I knew you were extraordinary at what you did, but, but I didn't government know approved. exactly. It's like, there's a, there's a lawyer's signature, like just <laughs> providing proof to the government that you are extraordinary. Yeah. 
it's like crazy. I had to get uh, like I had to I have to even get like American unions to sign off and agree that like like I had to get the uh, union for the entertainment industry work crew workers to sign it off that my ability was extraordinary. At that at that point, wouldn't it just be easier for all the non-point guys to just get Canadian citizenships? <laughs> I have gone that point. I have made that point. <laughs> uh, did you sweeten the pot with the free health care? Yeah, it's, I've tried. I've been like, hey, you know, free health care. Um, I mean, the guys, you know, we have we have legalized weed like. <laughs> I'm sold. Like <laughs> Jose, let's move to Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go. <laughs> but then but then I would have to prove that I'm extraordinary to come back, right? I don't know about that. No, just get it. Just, <laughs> yeah. just get a gig with uh at some 41. I know a guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's 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 crazy too, because I mean, if I wanted to go like work. Australia, Europe, all that stuff, like the hoops that you guys have to go through to get those visas would be the same. But for the U.S. system, it's 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 notoriously known. It's one of the the most difficult. So that is absurd. Everybody call your senators. Change it. (laughs) Yeah. Call to action. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, I'll put I'll put uh I'll put some links in the show notes or something to <laughs> to send everybody their senator or representatives ways like because yeah I mean like you know Frankie I've enjoyed uh sorry Francesca I've enjoyed touring with you and you know it's it's just it's it uh, some of these I don't know I don't I don't get it but whatever yeah it's crazy but I mean it's 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 worth it like to me I. I it's it's an honor though. Like when I get approved, I'm like, oh, I have an extraordinary ability. All right, <laughs> yay! I can go to America. <laughs> That's very yeah, like very validating. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I you know, it, it's 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 good to know because I mean, it, and it's a tough thing too because I've had like Canadian photographers who've seen me and they've gone, oh, I really like what you do. How can I get into that? And I'm just like, you got to dominate like your your hometown first like i have to give them that conversation too it's like if you want to get into touring you either gotta lock in with canadians or you have to dominate your hometown your home first it it all boils down to the uh to to the same advice that i give everybody you gotta you gotta start like if you want to get if you want to play with the big boys you gotta start with you gotta not to say that in, in a cocky way but you know if you want to play with the big boys you got to start at your local scene first and you know yeah. where I, I can't tell you how many years i've been grinding it out in the philadelphia music scene and then finally years later i just get one tiny crack of a break and you know ever since then it's just been opportunity after opportunity but you know you got you got to put in the work first yeah yeah yeah, that's the advice I always give too. It's like, uh, I've gotten that question all over. Uh, and it's like, yeah, like you just gotta, you know, buy like for guitar tech, like buy your tools, like buy your, I'll, I'll even tell them what I got. It's like, yeah, so I got the, my box from this company and these tools from this company and, uh, just start working with your local bands and just put the work. You just like, it really do just have to put the work in and then eventually you'll start getting recommendations and, you know, get in where you can. And that's the other thing you have to be ready to just say yes. Say yes. Like, Cause mm-hmm. 
that's actually extreme. Like people wouldn't know from, but it's one of the hardest things ever. Like, you know, putting, putting it all on the line, like risking like your financial stability or your mental health, like your physical health, even, uh, like saying yes to touring full time is, is a pretty huge deal. Uh, and it's not easy. Uh, so you guys, you have to make sure that you're, you're ready to say yes. Whenever that first gig, like come, like comes knocking on your door. Yeah. And it's, it's for, for, for me, I was in a fortunate position to where I was kind of pushed into it. Like I was laid off, uh, from a job and I could go out and find another job or I could see how this works out. So I, I like, if anybody asks me, like, how was taking the, how was taking the leap and switching to doing this full time? I couldn't tell you because, you know, I was just like, well, I can try this. And if it doesn't work, I'll just go back to doing what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. My, my case was very optional. I, I fought tooth and nail to get here. Oh, <laughs> was, oh yeah. Absolutely. I was absolutely. Like, like, I was very, very determined. Uh, and I, I did have a job like, uh, at the time. And there were actually years of gigs that I turned down just because I was waiting for that perfect time never the to perfect say, time. yeah, because saying yes. Yeah, saying yes is really hard. Like, if, if you have a job you like or whatever, or you have uh, a place that you like that you're paying rent on, like, yeah, uh, it gets hard to saying yes to those gigs and not knowing what's coming after that tour. It's also the unknown. Yeah, because exactly. You don't know if you're offered one gig, you don't know what the gig after it is. Yeah, and there's so, no there's no next gig guaranteed. So <laughs> Yeah, so if you're comfortable in your job and you're like, "Oh, this is like a dream opportunity," but then you're like, "But after and then I've given this up and this up." Um yeah. but you do yeah. you do have to say yes because I have learned with this industry that if you yeah. do a good job and you know, you you you're also you're a good person, you're a good worker, um it will just keep coming. Yeah. And then, uh, once you say no enough times, like the gigs stop coming too. So, so you just have to, you have to, from the start, you just kind of have to know that at some point you're just going to have to leap in and there's not going to be an easy way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's people that have reached out to me and asked me to fill in for gigs and you know it, it, whether whether it was my fault and that I didn't want that gig or whether it wasn't my fault that I was unavailable but usually if I if I suggest a gig to somebody like I only really suggest one time and that's because like if they tell me no I I, I kind of it, it it's it's almost imprinted in me that they're probably going to say no again so why don't I try somebody else yeah yeah I I've I've also like yeah, I've definitely like turned down gigs and recommended them to other people. And yeah, there's there's definitely some people that I don't ask anymore because it's like it's like yeah, they're just gonna say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's such a balance too because networking is a key part of it. So if you are like super busy and you're like locked in on on one aspect of it, then you're and you're not networking as much, then suddenly it's like oh, that also starts to become a factor, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I think like a lot of jobs are also like that. Like it's it's the what is what do they always say in offices? It's the uh, is it the water cooler talk? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like and and for example, for example, like my my, my girlfriend is an accountant and she goes to these events, these networking events all the time. And I'm not saying that she would ever leave the firm that she's working for. But, you know, 
if she goes to these networking events and she she recognizes that there's good people and somebody that she gets along with, it might be a situation where, you know, oh, we're looking for a senior director. I happen to know this person. I think that might be qualified for the job and we get along. So I think it'd be good to rec- like when 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 we say recommending people for gigs or networking, it's not something that is just relegated to the music industry. Like every single industry networking is is valuable. And, you know, whether whether you're going to a you know, whether you're working a tour or, you know, whether you're a banker and there's like. You know, the the Southeastern Pennsylvania Bankers Association, we're having our annual holiday party and, you know, it's all the banks from the area. They send people there to go and, you know, just mingle and figure out like talk shop. And that's part of the reason why we started this podcast was I genuinely enjoy talking shop with people. And like when I'm at home and not on tour, I miss it. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of a lot of stuff like that, like networking is just it's awesome. And it's it's great getting to catch up with, you know, people that you've become friends with over the years. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's just networking's great. It is great. I think the one nice thing though about our industry is I do think with touring, people become a family out on the 100%, road. Because yeah. Different different yeah. to offices and things like that. Like at the end of the day, when they're done their job, they can go home and they can kind of put their feet up and, and relax. Where for, for us it's like not just long days, but then when you put your feet up, you're like Hey guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. And 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 we're all still together. When you when yeah. you put your feet up like somebody else is on the bench on the other side of the bus like, dude, do you mind? I'm sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and that's the thing. It's it it it, it becomes such a family and it's always interesting cuz that's something too that I have um I always try and explain to like my family when they're like, so your life, your touring, you know, my, uh, my sister-in-law asked me what she's like, you seem really close, like to the band that you work with. And I'm like, well, we live, we together. live together. They're es- essentially yeah. roommates. Yeah. You that's know? a conversation you and I have had in the past. Like how, like you, you make friends on one tour and if like on the second tour, you become family. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, and that's like as of like last episode. Apparently, Darren and I are now married. We're married, uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, and then, <laughs> but I've we've both done like multiple tours with you, so like you're like part of the family of like this family, and yeah, it's it's cool getting uh, to go on the road with the people you know, like that you have to live with, like in that cramped bus. It's funny just because you know you have because you have family like that also like never goes away it's right. like you can go like six or seven months without like i won't see you guys because you guys are on other gigs but i'm like still cheering yeah. you guys on and then i do see you guys and then it's like right back yeah where you left off you know yeah yeah exactly yeah and, and yeah and like you get to like depend on people like you would like if i like you know out, out there like you have to like depend on each other like take care of each other like we're all the people we have you know like, this is whoever's on the bus like this is it for however long we're here yeah i mean because the thing is too like people don't always realize this but like when you share a space like a bus and you have like 12 people on it you like you were saying, Darren, like, oh, yeah, my feet is up, but now I'm intruding in on this other person's space. You have <laughs> you end up becoming hyper aware of other of other people like and and just making sure like, hey, you don't slam the bus door. It adds to that kind of like family because you end up caring, right? Like you end up like making sure that people's oh, for sure. needs are met, that you're looking out for each other. Um, yeah. All those all those things. Yeah, absolutely. 
And then we all get drunk together. And then we all <laughs> we all consume our five white claws and pack up the trailer. And it fits perfectly. I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned it on the show. We said uh, it's uh, like the, the perfect pack for a non-point trailer is exactly five white claws. <laughs> well, it's like it's not exactly five white claws. It's like no less than five, but no more than six. <laughs> that sounds like exactly five white claws to me, Jose. No, because it could be six. And that's not exactly five white claws. You and, you and your technicalities. My favorite is when I'll like come to you guys like side stage and you'll have hidden some white claws in your like in your benches. And then you just pass me <laughs> one. And I'm like... <laughs> You guys. <laughs> oh, one, the, one of my favorite tour things is whenever Jose would like go up to Rashid with like an empty can and just be like, here, hold here. Here, I got this for you. And he'd be like, oh, th- God damn it, Jose. <laughs> yeah. If, if anyone hasn't figured it out yet, Jose is the tour prankster. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh I plead the fifth. Yeah, you have, you have, you know what? As an American, you have your right to to not self incriminate. Yep. I don't know if you Canadians yep. have that. I don't know if we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do. <laughs> so I'm just not going to comment on that. <laughs> oh, Jose, I think I could fully beat you in a uh, white claw shotgun. By the way, and yes, that's a challenge. Oh, interesting. That's a. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to try that out. February fifth. I'll, you all I'll see you me. right there. <laughs> oh, uh, wait! You're uh, you're coming to Philly. Yeah, right? I'm coming to Philly. Boom! There it is. <laughs> oh, Jose, I was gonna ask you too. Like, because are you? Do you guys have a couple of days off around Toronto? Oh no, no, <sighs> we, we don't. I uh, I saw. I remember seeing your comment, and I looked it up. And no, we don't. Because there's we like a, a day off before and a day off after, and sometimes they do mm-hmm. that with the border crossings. Uh well. On Master Trip, I'm pretty sure there was a show the day before in New York. And then there's a day off afterwards in Detroit. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's why. They, when you're crossing back, they want to make sure you've got time. Yeah, just in case yeah, someone needs to stay behind <laughs> for a little bit. The curse of the curse of the Ice Nine Kills tour that I was just on was every single show that I didn't have a lot of guests out on the shows and every single time that I was expecting to see somebody, we ended up canceling that show cuz like the drummer from oh. the, the drummer from Saul uh came out to the uh, Gary Indiana show and uh, we ended up canceling because the singer was sick and then you were going to come mm-hmm. out to the Toronto show and it was when Buffalo was hit with like six feet of snow. And so we ended up rerouting and going to Montreal and hanging in Montreal for like three days or whatever. Damn. It was crazy because I saw you still in Canada and I was like, no, so close, <laughs> so far. <laughs> but it was like crazy because I actually had tickets too. And they, they, I got the cancellation notification through Ticketmaster that my, you were how I found out can- that the show was canceled. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea. Because as soon as you as soon as you texted me, I was like, "Oh, I should bring this up with my tour manager." And she was like, "Yeah, it's canceled." Well, it's funny because that's the thing. Like, I got the event canceled notification, and I went in my brain. I was like, "Why would they cancel a tour last minute?" And I was like, "I bet it's a weather thing." And then I looked at like your routing, and I'm like, "They're coming through Buffalo." I bet that's it. And I texted you. I'm like, "Is that why?" And you're like, "Yeah, that's why." I'm like, "Knew it." <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, I guess any final thoughts? Uh, uh, photography, Jose. I know you have a little bit of photography. Uh, I mean, the photography that I do is like not at all like what Frankie does. Uh, I just like walk around 
during the daytime when the sun is up with a camera and shoot random photos and hope for the best. Uh, that is photography too, though. Like I've seen your pictures. Yeah, no, it is. It is. But it's like completely different. I've definitely tried uh, in the past, like years ago to shoot at shows and it's completely different. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, Jose, you've taken so many pictures of me <laughs> taking pictures of the band. <laughs> Jose would do this thing after a show. I'd be like, it'd be like the end of the night. I'd be in the back lounge of the bus and I'd just get a text. <laughs> and it would be, Jose just sent me a picture from like about an hour and a half earlier of me taking pictures of the band. <laughs> Outstanding. Yeah. People like to post spot the Frankie, but uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I am the best at it. He is the master. <laughs> he only does it though so he can flick guitar picks. That's the only reason why he's tracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, but you, 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 I mean, have you tried taking like a pro camera into like and shooting it when you're at the side? You should. No, no, I haven't. You should. But then that's what, that's one more thing he's got to bring on tour. And I don't know about you, Jose, but I'm trying to downsize what I bring on tour. (laughs) Oh, like, dude, like y'all maybe haven't noticed because they never leave my backpack, but I always have at least two professional cameras with me. Oh, shit. He's already bringing them, so you gotta whip them out. I've been bringing them on literally every single tour, and they just like never leave my backpack. I'm just okay. Wait, so you've done this on a tour with me? Yeah, and you've never once talked to me about cameras or shown me or been like, uh, "Hey, no, no." They just like sit there in my backpack in my bunk, and that's where they stay. <laughs> no, but that's that's changed uh, as of you know lately on this uh, on the last uh, on my European tour I was like I was like it's time it's time they they come out of the backpack hell yeah <laughs> so I've been I've been taking a lot more photos just not during shows yeah I mean fair enough you are working I'm sure like yeah, your eyes I, are supposed yeah. to be always on the show so yeah I get yeah. it but you should do it for like one of the other bands when you're. That you're not working for. Y'all, Jose, uh huh, double dip, huh? If if there's an opening band that doesn't have a content creator, just say, "Yo, I'll be your content creator." But you got to uh, pay well, me. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. All right, Francesca, Jose, it was awesome talking to you guys. I always hate ending these. So, Jose, do you know what day of the week it is? You know that I don't. Well, it's it's Tuesday this time. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Damn. Wait. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Okay. That's sure. That's, uh, I guess Francesca. That's the running joke that I we guess. have. At least once an episode, I ask Jose what day of the week it is, and he literally never knows. <laughs> yeah. I, I, no. There's there was no show today. Yeah. So it's, there's no show that. today. That's the only th- no show today. That's always his answer. And I fly out on yeah. Thursday. That's all I know. Got to get you a day sheet. <laughs> I need. I do need a day sheet. Like just like texted to me every day when i'm off you know what you should just hire yourself a tour manager for your personal life a tour, or is that just an assistant a day off manager just like <laughs> i don't know yes. whatever anyways guys it was great catching up with you uh hope to see you guys real soon yeah thanks for having me guys this was a long of course fun. it's been a pleasure see y'all later all right bye, bye, guys. bye. thank you for listening to the roadie friday podcast have a question or an idea? Email us at roadyfridaypod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Theme music by Ricky Armolino. Editing and production by Darren Makins.